If Pyros and Crips all got along, they probably got me down by the end of the song. Seem like the whole city go against me. Every time I'm in the street, I hear yak, 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 yak. Man down, where you from, nigga? Fuck who you know, where you from, my nigga? Where your grandma stay, huh, my nigga? This mad city. What it do, baby boo? It's your boy, Buddha Brad, the lyrical analyst inspired by cannabis, and you're tuned into another episode of Earbuds. Like I said last week, this week I'm discussing the first rapper ever who won a Pulitzer Prize. This week I'm doing the first track off of K-Dot, aka Kendrick Lamar's second studio album, Shireen, aka Master Splinter's daughter, off of Good Kid Mad City. In Kendrick's words, he said, the album is about the kid that's trying to escape that influence, trying his best to escape that influence, and has always been pulled back in because of those circumstances that be. So this album had four Grammy Award nominations at the 2014 Grammy Awards, and in 2020, the album ranked 115 on Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time. So now, why is it called Good Kid Mad City? Well, Good Kid is the nickname that Kendrick gave to himself. You can even hear him using it in a rhyme. He uses it on the song Thanksgiving off of his 2009 album, the Kendrick Lamar EP. So Shireen, aka Master Splinter's daughter, is the first song on the album and it starts with the sinner's prayer. This sets the tone for the album in the sense that he is trying to be a good kid. He's trying to do good. You can actually hear the same prayer at the end of another song on this album. Sing about me, I'm dying of thirst. So this song was produced by The Business. You probably know him from this track, Every Girl by Young Mike. Alright guys, you know what we gotta do. It's my favorite part of the show. For you guys that haven't heard the song yet, put this on pause, go down to the description, and listen to the track. For the rest of y'all motherfuckers, do me a favor and join me for this motherfucking chronic break. So I like the song because it's a story, man. I can imagine being this kid. I mean, we all have moments in high school that we lived. We can all relate to the heartbreak songs. We can relate to the funny songs about sex and just being a dumb kid. But what really trips me out about this song is, yes, it's a kid lusting for some ass that he met at a party, but it ends up with him potentially dying. Like, this is a song that's actually relatable to someone. 
And the fact that this song can be related to someone, that fucking boggles my mind. Like, dude, I never had to worry about when I was single, rolling up into another hood and potentially being jumped or robbed or whatever the fucking case may be. Growing up, I had girlfriends, like, in different parts of town, and, like, it was never a safety concern. Anyways, man, let's talk about the first lyric. Love or lust, regardless, will fuck, cause that's the trife in us. It's deep-rooted. The music of being young and dumb is never muted. In fact, it's much louder where I'm from. Alright man, so what's Kendrick saying here? Well here he's saying that him and this girl are going to make young, dumb decisions. And the reason why they're going to do it is because these quote-unquote young, dumb decisions, it's the soundtrack of their fucking life. It's what their whole life is kind of themed around. And when I mean young, dumb shit, and when I say hood shit, you know what I mean, like fucking robbing people, fucking around unprotected, having a bunch of babies, being a gangbanger, any of that type of shit. So this quote-unquote young, dumb, stupid things that they're doing, like this is a large part of their life like they're doing it their homeboys are doing it their families are fucking doing it so how are you supposed to mute this presence it's so i mean it, it has such a strong presence around you it's so influential you can't just mute that shit out right you're a product of your environment so if it's so common around you it's hard to block it out. If anything, the sounds are amplified. These influences are amplified because it becomes a normal part of who you are. And that's why he says that's the music that's deeply rooted in us and it's never muted. It's actually louder where I'm from. So let's get into the next line. It continues on in terms of talking about the family and the influences that are around you. We know a lot about each other. Her mother was a crack addict. She lived with her granny and her younger two brothers. Her favorite cousin Demetrius is irreptable. Family history of gang banging did make me skeptical, but not enough to stop me from getting a nut. So Kendrick here saying like, yo, I know about her family. I know about the family tree, the history, her cousins, her brother, her mom, and all that shit. And all these things are that if you're from that area, if you're from the hood, you're, you're very familiar with it. So he sees all the warning signs and he should be paying close attention to him. But his lust for her is so fucking strong that he's ignoring it. I mean, come on, man. Her mom was a crack addict and her cousin is a gangbanger. This is a recipe for someone to do things when they are in a dire situation. Let's talk about the cousin for a second. Her cousin Demetrius is such a well-known gangbanger that his name and his history is irreptable. Now, irreptable in Spanish means unrepeatable. So he's saying that this dude is so deep in the gangbanging life that you can't talk about this man's history. You cannot talk about this man's business. And yes, I'm saying that Kendrick Lamar used a Spanish word as part of his rhyme. Now, you might think that's a bit of a stretch, but I mean, if you live in Compton or you live near LA or anything of that sort, you're gonna learn how to speak Spanish. You're gonna pick up on some lingo just because of the Latin community there. Here's an example of another West Coast rapper that actually spits in Spanish sometimes. Let him come. See, I never told Dre that I was disconnected. 
get your ribs dissected It's muy bandiero in me blanco camaro Philly's buckshots in your soul with the sparrows The devil, con parmiso, Diablo Inside the Lamborghini of Escobar Pablo Get them from Durango, send them to Chicago Them essays don't fuck with niggas, see, I know Let's move on to the next line. I was in heat like a cactus. My tactics of being thirsty probably could hurt me, but fuck it, I got some heart. What's up? That's what I told us soon as this episode. A Martin go off from trying to get off. I was in heat like a cactus. My tactics of being thirsty probably could hurt me, but fuck it, I got some heart. Grab my mama keys, hopped in the car, then the old bar. So now I'm down Rosecrans in the caravan. Passing Alameda, my gas meter. I love the imagery of this line. I can literally imagine a cactus in the fucking desert, boiling hot sun, the rays are beaming down on it, and it's just fucking hot. And Kendrick, like anything in a hot spot or in the sun, man, you get thirsty. Let's get into the last lines I want to talk about. Sent pictures of her titties blowing up my texts. I look at them and almost ran my front bumper into a Corvette. Enthused by the touch of a woman, she's a masseuse, and I'm a professional porn star, went off the goose. I had a fifth in the trunk like Curtis Jackson for ransom. I'm hoping to get her loose like an Uncle Luke anthem. I'm two blocks away, 250 feet, and six steps from where she stay. She's waving me across the street. I pulled up, a smile on my face, and then I see two... Two black hoodies, I froze as my phone rang. Once again, amazing storytelling here and imagery. I can imagine this dude driving while texting and almost crashes his car. <laughs> I mean, we all have sexted. It's hard to focus on anything else. He's fantasizing about this girl so much that he's reenacting stereotypical porn situations in his head. He's starring as a fucking porn star and she's a masseuse and they're about to smash after he gets some massage. And that great goose line, man, it's sick. It makes references to three artists. First. The Goose to Get Loose is a shout out to Jamie Foxx's track, which came out four years before this album. Next, a fifth of vodka is 25 ounces or 750 milliliters, but fifth is also a short name for 50 Cent or Curtis Jackson. He's saying he has it in his trunk like he would have 50 Cent tied up in his trunk for ransom. And Uncle Luke? Well, he was part of the two live crew and their album As Nasty As They Wanna Be was the first album in history to be deemed legally obscene. Now, the ending is where your heart stops. You knew there was a chance that she would fuck him over, but you didn't think about it too much like he didn't. And then boom, there are two guys in black hoodies and they're probably going to jump him, rob him or even kill him. The song stops right there. 
and then all you hear is a voicemail. This means that he didn't pick up the phone. All right, guys, let's get into the fun fact, not just about the song, but about the fucking album in general. So you know those skits that you hear, like in the voicemails of people playing his parents, his homeboys? Well, they're actually his homeboys and his parents. Like, they fucking really had a role in this album. So this isn't the only time his family was used on the album. On the cover, it's Kendrick as a baby, two of his uncles, and his grandfather. Everybody else's eyes are censored except his because this album is supposed to be from Kendrick's point of view. Now, if you look at the uncle that's holding Kendrick, his left hand, he's actually throwing up a crip sign. Now, let's circle back on the name of the album. We already talked about the good kid part, but why Mad City? Well, the reason why it's called Mad City is because it actually has two meanings. One, my angry adolescence divided, and two, my angels on angel dust. The angry adolescence divided could mean growing up in this situation had hardened and angered him, but it also fueled the creativity he needed and the passion that he had to help him get out. Like, I think about that a lot of times, man. Like, who I am as a person, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. You guys might have had a shitty childhood, you were bullied, whatever your circumstance may be, but it helped you get to where you are. Hopefully you're in a good position, but it helped you get to where you are, man. I look at myself sometimes and the things that I do, I honestly am trying to get away from that self-conscious little kid, but at the same time, I got to give that self-conscious kid some fucking props because he is the reason why I became me. Now, my angels on angel dust. Well, angel dust is supposed to be like weed and cocaine mixed together. And he's saying that if your angels are on this mix, the people that are supposed to protect you are also kind of fucked up. So in your situation, it could really go either way. He's also mentioned this on the track that's named after the album. He said, that was me. It's the reason why I don't smoke. It was just me getting my hands on the wrong thing at the wrong time, being oblivious to it. And there's two verses on this song that he talks about it. First, projects tore up, gang signs get thrown up, cocaine laced in marijuana. And they wonder why I rarely smoke now. Imagine the first blunt had you foaming from the mouth. And Compton, USA made me an angel on angel dust. All right, guys, so that's the end of this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys learned something new. And I hope you guys got to enjoy this journey in terms of listening to this story and imagining that you were there. So for next week's track, I'm going to switch it up a bit. I'm actually not going to choose a track at all. I'm going to actually dissect, man, one of the sickest freestyles that's been released in a long fucking time. I am going to talk about LA Leakers' J. Cole freestyle, the one that he did right before his album Offseason dropped. Man, there's so many punchlines in here. Me and my homeboys were dissecting it back and forth. Me and Mikey X were sending each other texts. Me and Tim, man, we were going into it in depth and just like fucking sharing it. And dude, it's sick. So I'm super excited to share that with you guys. Anyways, man, for now, you guys enjoy the rest of the smoke. I'm a dip and I'm gonna catch you guys next week. Once again, I'm your boy, Buddha Brad, the lyrical analyst inspired by cannabis and you were tuned into Earbuds. Peace.
killer? It's the off season. Let's keep it tall. Y'all ain't fucking with my man. And don't check your watch. You know the time. Cold world. Killer can. Niggas is fucking yeah. finished. This shit too easy for me now. Nigga Cole been going plat since back when CDs was around. What you sold, I tripled that. I can't believe these fucking clowns. Look how everybody clapping when your 30-song album do a measly hundred thou. If I'm betting on myself, then I completely double down. If you hate it on a nigga, please don't greet me with a pound. I be staying out the way, but if the beef do come around, could put an M right on your...